0: to Totalus Rankium. This week, Galerius.
1: Hello, and welcome to Roman Emperor's Totalus Rankium. I am Jamie.
2: And I'm Rob, ranking all of the emperors from Augustus to Augustulus, and this is episode 53, Galerius. Ooh.
1: Yes, and here we are. The sun is shining. It is. It is. It's daytime. It's after work. Second day of spring. So I'm, look, I'm quite looking forward to him, because in the past you mentioned that he was a bit killy with Christians.
2: Well, yeah, with these overlapping episodes, we have come across him before, haven't we, mm. Um So, yeah, we already know he's been a little bit naughty yeah. at times. Ooh. But also a little bit fighty. Okay. Yeah, and uh, perhaps a bit crazy... Yeah. But maybe a bit successful. He probably had a face, so he can <laughs> probably do all right in some of these rounds. Excellent. Let's do this. Yeah. Okay. He was born in Serdica, which is modern-day Bulgaria, or in Felix Romulania. Felix meaning lucky. So. His cat. Okay, lucky cat from Rome. Yeah. maybe that's where he okay. was from yeah modern-day serbia anyway so okay. bulgaria serbia that sort of region okay as we've seen a lot recently his mother was a dacian who had fled from attacks in dacia into thrace and met a man there Ooh. well to be honest probably met more than one man but one man in particular quarter oh yes and together in around 260 they gave birth to galerius
1: both of them, wow.
2: Yes. <laughs> it's a very unconventional birth. As per usual, he joined up to the army and was soon serving with distinction under Aurelian and then Probus. Yeah. Yes, as many recently have, Diocletian took over and made Maximian co-emperor. Yeah. That's a short version of this today,
1: we've covered that a lot. That would cut those last episodes down, wouldn't it? really would done have that.
2: done, <clears throat> yes. yeah. Galerius had clearly risen in the ranks by this point because he was given the province of Illyria to rule over, and more importantly, he
1: married Diocletian's daughter at this point. Marrying for power. Yes. Marrying right. into the power base and marrying... Yeah.
3: <laughs> that's what he
2: did.
1: <coughs> no, maybe that's what he said on the wedding night. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> Poor Valeria just sat on the edge of the bed. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, as you somewhat enthusiastically pointed out, this perhaps yeah. was a marriage of political union yeah. rather than for love. But who knows? Maybe it was the other way round. Maybe he met Valerian because of that was held in high esteem by Diocletian. Maybe. Yeah. Valerius then spent his time fighting along the Danube until Diocletian promoted him to command all of the Eastern Legions. Ooh, that's so quite a good...
1: Yeah, things good are look, looking good for him. Good promotion, yeah. Yeah. Okay. This takes us
2: up to the formation of the Tetrarchy.
1: The four emperors in the control. four emperors. Or the two Augustus's. Augusti, you could say. Or Augustu. Yes. <laughs> um, and the, the two Caesars as yeah. well. Or Caesai. Yeah. Caesar's? It's not Caesar's, is it? Caesar's, yeah, Caesar's. Caesar's. Well, I say
2: Caesar's because yeah. that's quite fun. Yeah. Yeah. Maximian took Constantius rather than his own son, as we talked about last week, um, and that might surprise some. Some were thinking maybe Maxentius because he was Maximian's son. Yeah. However, Galerius's promotion was pretty expected. So Diocletian was clearly going to pick him all along, as far as we can tell. Galerius and Constantius were made consuls for the following year. Yeah. Just like Constantius, Galerius was given a job. A one simple job. If you remember, Constantius's was to just take back Britain. That's all you need to do. Go over there, get back Britain. Well, Galerius's job was to sort out the Persians. I thought they'd all been sorted out. Yes, because we have recorded Diocletian's episode, so you find out how they get sorted out. Yeah.
1: But we've gone back in time, remember? Oh, man. This is confusing as hell. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Sort out those Persians again. Again. Or for the first time. Yeah. What?
2: <laughs> well, you'll be relieved to know there is now a section in my notes titled Persian Recap, just in case you were feeling a bit lost at this point. In brackets for Jamie. Yes, I anticipated this moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shapur is dead.
3: Oh, yes. that's what
2: happened? Yes, I know this is a recap. <laughs> okay. So, Shapur dies... And several yeah. members of the family took over in relative quick succession. When we last looked, Baram II was in charge. Yes, he was. Yes. In 282, Karas had t- sacked Tessaphon, while Baram II was not looking. Right. He was off dealing with his brothers and his cousins in a civil war. Yes. Yes. Remember, Karas then died of the lightning strike. Yes, he, he did. took over. Yeah. And then decided enough's enough and left the area.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. By 286, Baram II had won his civil war. But that was just about when Diocletian came along.
3: Yeah.
2: Yes. Which we have covered in Diocletian's episode. Diocletian was looking to generally settle the area. Yeah. Charis had kicked them in the teeth a bit, but Diocletian wanted to make sure they didn't get up again. (laughs) Yeah. So realising that he could not beat the Romans, Baron II sued for peace. Diocletian accepted, but was more than happy helping out the Armenian king Tiridates Mm. fight against the Persian control. Oh. Yeah. Tiridates, remember his name. He is the Armenian king at the moment. He comes back into the story. Tiridates. Yes. Or Tiridates. Tiridates. I prefer Dates. Let's go for Tiridates. Tiridates. So, Persians finally give up on Armenia because Armenia has the backing of the Romans at the moment. In 293, Baram II died. Oh. And his son, Baram III, oh. who is the great-grandson of Sharpor, okay. was put in charge. Hmm. But many saw him as far too weak and too young and too pathetic to fight the Romans and get back Armenia.
1: Hmm.
2: So instead, many people backed a man named Narsus. I've heard that name. Or Narsar, depending on which version you go with. I prefer Hmm. Narsus, so let's go for Narsus. Yeah. You would have heard him because he was in the Diocletian episode. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we have already mentioned him before. Okay. Yes. So Narsus was the last remaining son of Sharpur. Yes. So he is usurping his grandnephew, which can happen many times in history. Yeah. It's a bit weird, isn't it? You've yeah. got Charper's great-grandson in charge, and Charpeau's Char- son, son. Yeah.
1: is He'd be usurping. quite old then, wouldn't
2: he? Yeah, he was getting on, Sixth and Baron III was quite young. Yeah. But we don't have their exact dates of birth, so we don't know exactly no. when. Uh, yeah, So, Narcissus was now in charge, and he was more like Charpeau than the Barons had been. It was time to go and kill some Romans again. He wasn't going to just sit back and let the Romans dictate what was going on. So this newly inspired Persian Empire was the problem that Galerius was told to go and sort out. Yes. Diocletian thought he'd already sorted out. Narcissus comes in. He starts kicking off. So Diocletian turns to newly minted Caesar and says, you know what? Go and sort that out for me. Excellent. Would you, lad? <laughs> yes. In 294 a no, sends Diocletian some gifts of friendship. We're not sure what.
1: Ooh, vase. Everyone likes a good vase. Good vase. You yeah. know, when people come around, you get flowers and you just know where to put them. It's like, oh, if only I only had a vase. But would you not have the problem if you give someone a vase? They'd go, oh, oh. if only I only had some flowers. But they can be used another way. You can put other things in it, like stones and candles and stuff. People do that nowadays. Oh, do they? Fair enough. You won't be able to see the
2: candle in the vase unless it's a seafood vase or a glass
1: vase <laughs> that was <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: yeah sorry I, I'm just thinking of those like blue and white yeah I was thinking of that as well yeah. so we, I've got one like where well, so it's not it's more of a jug why are we talking about vases I don't know we should be talking about bases. that's true Yeah. what's anyway, a base? what's on top of you <laughs> god move Editing on get bad back to me <laughs> yeah. that's the worst joke <laughs> in the
0: world right okay
2: uh, sits on your back <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, whatever it was, maybe a shiny new vase or base or whatever. You sent some gifts of friendship. This was clearly a misdirection or delaying tactic. Narcissus was basically getting ready for war and didn't want yeah. Diocletian
1: to realise it. It's that sort of tense niceness, isn't it? Yeah. It'd be a bit over-nice, maybe. Yeah. But really, you know, you build up your ammo, you're up your tanks. Yeah. Charging your camels. That's why so many camels died back then because they were revving up the camels <laughs> yeah <laughs> so feeding cool. them petrol yes
2: we're going surreal this week <laughs> i can see like, yeah, sorry I, I have to admit i was just checking something in my notes when you were talking and tuned out what you were saying That's so i'm weird. not entirely sure what you just said but i think it was a bit weird yeah it, it was a little bit <laughs> i'll listen back to it while i'm editing. say, yeah decide whether to keep it in or not <laughs>
1: revving up the camels
2: Yeah, fun. okay, <laughs> right. Moving on. Moving on. So, in around 296, Diocletian and Galerius heard that the Persians had made their first move. They'd retaken the lands lost to Armenia after Diocletian's last intervention. So is going into Armenia against Tiridates' wishes. It's
1: always against Armenia, isn't it? Always Armenia. I don't know why.
2: They are, well, they are the buffer state between the
1: two superpowers. Yeah, I guess. Yes.
2: So uh, you can kind of expect it, but you'd just hate to be an army in the not
1: So Am I speaking Latin today, or am I speaking <laughs> Persian today? I have no idea. No. <laughs> Which flags flag? Oh, that one, okay.
2: Do you think they all wore reversible uniforms? Inside out? Yeah. Yes. Although well, it's quite hard with actually hard armour. You'd have to beat it in the other direction.
1: Well, that's why blacksmiths were highly paid and respected yes. for lots of them. <laughs> Love demand <laughs>
2: you know you get those snappy bracelets
1: oh yeah the little plas- the
2: rubbery ones with ones. the plastic inside they're there. straight until you they're concave yes and they're concave and they do you think all their armour was like that so you could just snap it round the other way <laughs> take it off first <laughs> yeah take it off snap it around the other way and then put it back on you've got good
1: way of cracking nuts put a con- <laughs> what get, get the armour costume out put some walnuts in it, in it and crack it so it goes concave and cracks in it in the middle You know what, shall we just get the the man to come out and record a
2: weird meandering (laughs) section intro?
0: (laughs) (laughs) What the hell's going on?
2: Yeah, alright, let's try and keep... Sorry, let's focus. (laughs) Let's try and focus for more than five minutes. Yeah, it is always Armenia, and Armenia is being invaded. So, Diocletian told Galerius that this was his chance to shine, and Galerius was sent off to deal with the threat. Diocletian stayed to hold the border in Syria, while his Caesar set off and linked up with the Armenians, who had made sure they were wearing their roman sided armour that day. <laughs> the Persians were met south of Cahi. Little fact for you here, for those yeah. Roman Republic fans, this is where Crassus had been defeated three centuries beforehand. Crassus was part of... You're looking very blank. We're talking Julius Caesar time here. Who? You'll learn about him one day. Right. The Persians set out with their oven horsemen. Do you remember that oven horsemen that we've talked about?
1: Oh, ridiculous armour. Yes. alive.
2: Yes, yeah, so they've still got their really heavy elite cavalry, which just outpowers anything the Romans have got. Completely covered in plate armour, holding 12-foot spears. You don't want to mess with them. Yeah. But if you're really close, that's an advantage for you. <laughs> if you're really close, you're probably too concerned about the horse-wearing armour bearing down on you. That's, yeah, You generally don't want to be near no. or far away from these, no, unless you're very far away from these. <laughs> okay. Yes. So, Persians set out their oven horsemen in the middle. To the flanks were the medium and light cavalry, which had missiles, including arrows. So archers on horses. Persians Ooh. liked this. Yeah. They were good at this. And behind all of these were a line of elephants. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I quote, they advanced like walking hills. Ooh.
1: Yes. In my head, I've got the Lord of the Rings thing with the big elephants marching The oliphants. The oliphants, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. Slightly less impressive than that. Yeah. But, actually, no, let's say they were
1: oliphants. Excellent. Yeah, they're in there. 50
2: feet tall. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So behind these walking big oliphants came the conscript infantrymen with wicker shields and spears. Probably made out of, I don't know. Rope or something, tissue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is the weak part of the
1: Persian army. Their infantry are rubbish. But I guess they're they're hoping that you wouldn't even get need to use them. You've got like three, or four layers of hell beforehand. <laughs> so yes, you you put it in your very distinctive way.
2: But yes, that is exactly exactly the idea um, by using their their vastly superior cavalry. And the archers. The second-rate infantrymen rarely became a problem, because like you say, most yeah. the enemy were usually dead by the time the <laughs> yeah, infantry needed to be Mopping used. up the bits. Yeah. So the Roman advantage, of course, was their infantry. Yeah. The Roman infantry was second to none, but if they could not get close to the Persians, that advantage just dissolved into yeah. the hot desert air, like...
1: Ethanol. <laughs> Yeah,
2: I'll edit out the embarrassingly long pause while we try to think of a simile. Leave <laughs> <No>, it. <neither. Neither. laughs> <Okay.
3: laughs>
2: Even then, it was a bad simile. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. We don't know details, unfortunately, but presumably the Persians did what they did best. They hemmed in the Roman infantry with their oven horses, leaving a nice big target for the archers. According to one Armenian story, however, we've got a legend that's been passed down, which probably isn't true, but let's say it definitely happened.
3: Yeah.
2: Tyudates, him, king of the Armenians, yeah. was trapped. He'd lost his horse from under him. He struggled on. He lost all his weapons. He realized he was outnumbered and had to escape certain death. So he ran in the only direction available to him, towards the river. But he was wearing his full armor.
1: You can't swim with full armor on. So what did he do? Took it off.
2: No, apparently he was so hardcore, he swam the Euphrates. In his full armour. Awesome. Yeah. Not true, but awesome. <laughs> I think what he did, underneath his armour, yeah. he had lots of blow-up rubber bands. Like, just oh. shot in there, in the gaps, so he was buoyant. Do you think he's wearing a rubber ring on the outside?
1: Oh, you see, just I'm, in case I was
2: thinking hidden so he wasn't mocked but do you think he had one on the outside as well, well you can't as well? be too
1: careful can you because just one rubber ring
2: big rubber with a big duck's head on yes. it yes yes
1: yeah <laughs> and he's going really blown up as ring running <laughs> <laughs> come on
2: <laughs> yeah so he's doing that legging it towards the river yeah jumps, jumps in and then just sort of bobs <laughs> down <laughs> downstream waves at all the Persians smuglock uh, in his face arms folded until one arrow comes out <laughs> punches his ring. His oh, that that sounds <laughs> worse than I intended it to be. Yeah. But yeah, no, he escaped. He'll oh, be well. pleased to know. Thank goodness. <laughs> yes. Right, it would appear that Galerius was forced to retreat, but did so with some semblance of order, preventing a rout taking place. Due to this being the height of summer and water supplies being low, he was forced to head all the way back home to Diocletian. Oh dear. Yeah, Diocletian was not happy, Eutropius says. When he met him on the road with such extreme haughtiness, he is said to have run by his chariot for several miles in his scarlet robes. (laughs) So this is, I mentioned in Diocletian's episode, when apparently he forced Galerius to walk by his chariot. Oh yeah. Yes, and as we said in that episode, we don't really think that happened. It didn't sound like a Diocletian thing to do.
1: No, he would tell him off in prior, wouldn't
2: he? Yeah. So, and none of the contemporary sources mention it either. Eutropius no, right. is uh, quite a while off. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, but it's a nice story. Uh, I'll yeah. include it. And we've not got much else, so... Yeah, i will do. Yeah. Definitely happening. It Yeah, it definitely happened. Despite the defeat, this battle does seem to have slowed the Persians down somewhat.
3: That's
2: good. Yes, Narses was unable to push the Romans as much as he wanted and fell far short from being able to take Antioch, which was possibly what he was trying to do.
3: Mm.
2: However... One of his other more subtle plans was paying off. For a while, Nazis had been promoting Manny. Manny? Manny, the religion. Oh. Which I mentioned, not just a bloke called Manny. Yeah, I was thinking, who's who's he? Or the knight, if you listen to X Factor. It's a really cool (laughs) knight. He used to run into battle screaming his battle cry, which was Manny.
1: (laughs) His own name. He'd run into battle going, Manny! (laughs) Imagine imagine if you ran down the street shouting, RO! It would scare with, people, though. With like... a sword, though. <laughs> yeah, that, that would scare people,
2: to be fair. So this is the religion I mentioned in the Diocletian episode, the Manichaean religion.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. Narcissus
2: had managed to use his, this highly organised religion to get eyes and ears into Egypt.
3: Mm. In fact,
2: he was even able to use his influence to get some of the Alexandrians to stage a coup. Oh. Alexandria revolted. So Diocletian was forced to go south and deal with this. Remember, this is where Diocletian was very angry and ordered the rivers of blood, and his yes. horse saved everyone. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So meanwhile, Galerius started putting together a fresh army using some troops from the Danube.
3: Mm.
2: By 298, Galerius was ready for round two with Narses. This mm. time he had possibly 25,000 men, fresh from the Danube, where the soldiers didn't take any poop.
1: So these are the best of the best.
2: Yes. Best of the best. He's got his crack troops this time. They were also backed up by some Goths and some Sarmatian mercenaries.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Nice to actually have some Goths on side instead of them fu- you fighting them. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yes. And also, this is interesting proof that the Tetrarchy is really working here. The fact that way they can take troops off the Danube, backed up with some Goths and Sarmatians to go fight the Persians. Yeah. haven't been able to do anything like that for quite some time. That's
1: a good point.
2: Yeah. Okay, so glorious learnt from his last mistake. He stayed clear from large plains where the cavalry would have the advantage. Yes. And this time went north through the Armenian mountains and managed to track down Tiridates again.
1: Oh, okay. So he yes. used the mountain passes. Mountain passes. Is yeah. this just something that's a, a Lord of the Rings? That's what it sounds like.
2: <laughs> no, it's not quite. It's... There's no giants chucking rocks. Oh, okay. No. It's a really weird moment, isn't it? It is a weird moment. It gets a little bit literal with the figurative language there. Mm-hmm. This mountain just has two of deities in it wearing okay. his ring. Yeah. <laughs> precious. <laughs> it's more thinking of big rubber. Oh, ring. the rubber ring. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. His precious <laughs> ring. Yeah, that's <laughs> his <laughs> precious ring. My ring. Mine. Save my life.
1: Came down some rapids, mate.
2: Yeah. So Galerius sent out many scouts to get a fix on Narses. The terrain in that area was full of mountains and valleys, and the scouts were soon able to detect the army without being seen themselves. So Galerius worked quickly. He managed to set up an ambush. Tiridates. Oh, I'm saying Dartes now so I'm Dates. Tiridates led his horse against the unprepared, cramped Persian cavalry who were just not set up to fight. No, she got no room to move around. No. Galerius stepped in with the rest of his superior infantry and was able to cut through the Persian troops like something that cuts through something else really quite easily. Nice. Yes. Good simile that time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That worked. (laughs) That definitely worked. Nassus was just able to escape. Just. get the feeling someone was (laughs) holding on to his
1: cape and he just
2: managed to unclasp it and he ran. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Slid down something. A few yeah. rocks fall on his head behind him, but he's yeah, he's generally okay. I had to run across
2: all the roofs, no buildings, the no tents along the roofs of the tents, jumping yeah. over them. Oh, yes. Yeah. Sit Through down, a ring of fire. Yeah, down a drainpipe at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Touch and go, but he managed to get out of there. Awesome. Yes, but in the rush, he was unable to pack up his treasury. So he left his wallet behind. Him. He left all his money behind. He also left his harem behind. Ooh. And he wasn't even able to pack up his wife. <laughs> <laughs> he just legged it. Run yes. Away. There is nothing to suggest this whatsoever, but I would like to speculate at this point and this is pure speculation here. That when the Imperial Tent was taken, Galerius walked in, and just to the right, just as you walk in, mm. it was Valerian. Ooh. Ooh. Stuffed as a hat stand. Yes! <laughs> oh fantastic. It finally got him back, so Galerius picks up Valerian under his arm. I've got him, lads. <laughs> yeah, we've won. <laughs> Pride is restored to Rome. Oh,
1: yeah. So
2: they
1: got Valerian back. That's oh, brilliant, nice, isn't That's, it? Yeah, yeah. Do you think he's like embossed him and put like jewels on him and gilded him and stuff? Drew a statue on him. Yes. Yeah, with the sharpie and glasses. Yeah, put one of his teeth in black, so it's really funny. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a shame, but at least they got him back. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good. Scrub them up, you're fine. Good, isn't you?
2: Yeah, right.
1: So Galerius was
2: happy at this point. The treasury, the money that they had caught, was insanely large. Yeah, yeah. It was everything that the Persians had. There was no safe place to, to keep it, so Narcissus just kept it with him. And now he's lost all his money for the
1: Persian Empire. Yes, this was a huge, huge win for the Romans here. So imagine all the army get back to Persia, so. Oof, we've skated, we've so as few as left, but you know, can we be paid now, please?
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Narcissus damn it. keeps tapping his pockets. You're not going to believe this, lads.
1: <laughs> Put your swords away. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, apparently the treasury was so great that transporting it back was actually a huge logistic problem. It was just getting that sheer quantity of hard, cold cash back to Diocletian was actually quite tricky. But why would you even take it with you? That doesn't. Where would you keep it? You're Narcissus. Your ruler of the Persian mm. Empire that's recently gone through a civil war. True. Where's the safest place to keep it? In the biggest army you've got. True. Yeah. yeah. Right. So a procession of pack animals is actually on the arch that was built to celebrate this victory that shows oh, no. how this big donkey train that had to, yeah. to ship everything back. Oh. Yeah. I think it said pack animals, something like wolves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything. If it moved, they strapped gold to it and said Rome's that way. Well, Nicomedes, not Rome. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> oh, we shouldn't have put it to that squirrel. Once he was sure that the booty was on its way safely, Galerius headed off after Narcissus. He crossed the Tigris and managed to capture Tessaphon. Again. Again, yes. Residents by this point had put up revolving doors rather than like a actual gate for the city yeah. <laughs> because it was just easier. Yeah. Why keep rebuilding the defences? Come, come on in. in. You know what? You want to... We've put all the loot. Yeah, no, we put it by right the... here. Yeah. You don't need to...
1: It's... Here are some women lined up as well.
2: Yeah, and um, it's okay. I actually cut my own wrists early and I'm slowly bleeding to death so you don't need to worry about murdering me either.
1: Some fresh ropes there to hang me? <sighs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's what it was like in Tessathon at the time. That's a bit sad, isn't it? Yeah. According to some sources, Galerius was feeling on a bit of a roll by this point and wanted to copy Alexander the Great and carry on to the Indus Valley. See, whenever they say that, it always ends badly. Yeah, it really does. It's the reason why Alexander the Great's called Alexander the Great. Because no one else managed to do it. And Galerius was no exception. But, who knows, maybe he could have done it, because it was actually because of Diocletian that Galerius couldn't continue. Diocletian Diocletian. realising that they really needed to shore up what they'd already achieved, rather than chasing dreams. Good, consolidate. Yeah, and called Galerius back. Said, no, you've done your job now. You've got Valerius. Well done. Under (laughs) your arm. You've got a huge load of cash. It's fine. Come on home. You get a gold star. Yes, from the loot. <laughs> yes. So the message was then sent to Nasus. Come and talk peace, they said, and we will return your family and your harem. Be used, but yes, I actually did a bit of research on harems. Oh yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs>
2: um... <laughs> <laughs> well, a harem. Um, we shouldn't technically be using the term harem here, because a harem should only be attached to a Muslim culture. And they
1: were
3: Muslim.
2: No, not this time. Uh, so we shouldn't really be using a harem. Now, a harem in its strictest sense is just the females in the family of the ruler. Oh. Yes.
1: Not what I was thinking.
2: No, but there is a reason why you're thinking what you are thinking, because quite a lot of rulers kind of kept a lot of other women around and said, it's it's my harem, that's why they're here. Ah. And slowly but surely, it just became synonymous with your own personal brothel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Changed especially in medieval Europe times when you actually yeah. started to see some rulers in medieval Europe create their own harems. Ah, uh, yes. Mm. It's perfectly fine, they do it in the East, they said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, this is what they do. <laughs> Sister? Yeah. Come hither. So, perhaps yeah. we're being a little bit mean on Narcissus here. Maybe translation should just be his family.
1: Oh, I feel really bad now. <laughs> I just crossed out the doodle like I did. As well. Gosh.
2: Yeah. Right. Diocletian and Galerius met in Nisibis. Nisibis not being Nisbis, which I've been calling it so far. I realised doing my notes. Oh, there's an I in there. <laughs> so if you've ever heard me say Nisbis before, I meant Nisibis. Yeah. Nis or Nisibis. Bit Nisibis.
1: Nisibis. Nisibis. It's
2: a tricky word to say. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, however you say that, they met there. Uh, In 299. And much merriment was had. Well, that's good. Yes, well, I assume, I don't actually know that. I'm just assuming they had a good time. I mean, they just won. Yeah, well... Yeah, Yeah, you'd hope. Eventually, some envoys arrived from Narcissus to talk peace. One of the envoys praised Galerius for his victory.
1: That's good. Yeah
2: heaping the compliments upon the Caesar. He then conveyed his gratitude to the Romans for the treatment of the royal family in captivity, and generally how wise the Romans were for their lenient treatment of the vanquished country. <laughs> the envoy then started to muse about the actions of victors in the past, and <laughs> how that defines them as men. The Romans and the Persian empires were the twin eyes of the world, and both must survive for the world to really work properly, said the envoy. And this is why he knows that the Romans will treat them well, just as the conquering Persians had treated the defeated Romans in the past. At this point, apparently Galerius just loses it. (laughs) (laughs) He jumps to his feet and starts shouting questions about how magnanimous Sharper was when he captured Valerian. probably pointing to Valerian, who's propped up in the corner.
0: Look at him! (laughs) Look at his face! Draw a moustache on him! I mean, it's great to hold hats, but that's not the point. (laughs) I'm not saying it's not convenient. (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: very economic and a good use of a cadaver. However!
2: (laughs) Just not on. (laughs) Diocletian managed to calm his Caesar down. And the talks did actually end well. Peace came between the Romans and the Persians that would last way beyond both Diocletian and Galerius. That's good. So well done. Peace is achieved. A mini triumph was held in Antioch for Galerius, (laughs) although the real triumph in Rome was sort of overshadowed by lots of other events that happened. Mm. But
1: no one seemed to mind that. There's further indication that Rome is just losing its status at her. Is that the one where Diocletian goes back and he's a bit freaked out by everyone like grabbing him and touching him? So... We think so. That seems the only likely time that yeah. could have happened, okay. unless
2: it happened without Diocletian at another point. Yeah, okay. But we it's clearly just not cared about at all. More That's important sad. to Galerius is his own, almost seen as his own capital city where he's staying, um, hmm. Salonica, and loads of festivities were ha- happening mm. there. They built an arch there. That's the arch with the, the donkeys carved into oh, it. Okay. yeah. So So, um, yeah, he went back to his own capital and celebrated. Okay. Good times for Galerius. Yeah. And if he just happened to die right there, we'd probably be marking him quite well, wouldn't we?
1: Yeah.
2: Yes. Galerius then heads off to the Danube. Danube's still not perfect at this point. No. So Diocletian and has a plan, they're going to sort out the Danube. And he spends the next few years there fighting, and really does manage to shore up the area quite well. He's doing really well with fighting. He's doing he? very well with fighting. According to some sources, Galerius, in the last year or so of, of campaigning in the Danube, started to call his forces of Christian troops. Ooh. And so it begins. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, incidentally, there's no obvious direct link I could see here. But I did happen to spot that it was around this time in three hundred one. Little factoid here for you: Armenia converts to Christianity, making it the first official Christian country in the world. Oh really? Ever. Oh yes, wow! Is Armenia paving the way? Yes. Maybe it was Tiridates thanking God yeah. for his rubber ring. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: And lo, it was bestowed upon me. <laughs>
2: yes. So yeah, it's just interesting that's going on at the same time. Christianity is obviously the hot topic. Do you think he sees it as an affront to him? Uh, possibly. I don't know. It is interesting, isn't it? We don't know why this call of his troops started. There's some suggestion that the Christians were starting to be a bit of a problem for discipline in the army. Because they were refusing to take the oath to defend the emperor. Ah. Now, there was no problem defending the emperor, but the emperor was now being seen more and as more and more divine. Remember, Diocletian was pushing it yes. towards the I am the living lord area yeah yeah the christians weren't too happy about this and uh didn't really want to defend (laughs) the living lord on the world they yeah i'll defend the man who is the emperor
1: Mm. yeah fair enough
2: yeah we have copies of conversations between christian centurions and their superior officers Hmm. that have survived which is interesting (laughs) yeah this is most likely just Christian propaganda, so I say it survived.
1: The propaganda's
2: survived. Uh, but was, who knows?
1: written last week in a small Baptist church in, in,
2: <laughs> yes. in Hinkley. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly based on the fact. So we'll see. Um, we've got a mini play here. Do you want yeah. to be the superior officer or the centurion? I'll be the
0: superior officer. Okay, then. Did you say what appears in the official report? I did. What madness possessed you to renounce your oath and speak as you did? There is no madness in those that fear God. Did you say all of those things that appear in the report? I did.
3: <gasps>
2: and then Centurion was executed. Oh dear. Yes, oh. I, I just love the. Uh, did you really say this? Yep. <laughs> no. Did you really say this? <laughs> Come on, really? Are, are you insane? <laughs> Why on earth would you say this? <laughs> yeah. Um, he he just said I'm not. I'm not doing that. Not oh done. okay. Yeah. So he was executed. What? he was you ex- say
1: okay, he can't be in the army then?
2: No. It's a centurion. He wasn't just a normal okay. rank and file. He's meant to be leading the troops and he refused oh. to swear an oath to protect the Empire. Fair enough. Yeah, you've gotta make an example of that.
1: Yeah. Did he
2: make a lot of examples? Well, from what we can tell, quite a few examples were made, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Now, perhaps this breakdown in discipline led to Galerius becoming frustrated with the Christians. Yeah. We don't know this. This is my personal theory, that Galerius's hatred of the Christians actually stems from him just finding them troublesome while he's trying to lead his troops. Yeah. But we just don't know. Mm. So, it appears that Galerius is trying to clamp down on the Christians not taking the oath, but, as you've pointed out, this kind of thing leads to pushback, doesn't it? yeah. yeah. It does. So Christians then were discharged in large numbers from the army. So not everyone was executed, but Christians were essentially chucked out of Galerius's army at this point.
3: Oh dear.
2: Galerius then set off to meet Diocletian. Diocletian was returning from checking up on the Egyptians. Yes. Yes. Remember, he went down that second time, just to make sure they knew what yes. they were doing now. Yes. <laughs> Yes, so Galerius found a Diocletian who was still seething about the Manichaeans using their religious power to cause an uprising.
3: Hmm.
2: Diocletian was thinking of removing all the Manichaeans and the Christians from office, fearing these organised religions. Galerius, however, was apparently willing to go a little bit further than that. Yes, he's obviously very annoyed with the Christians at Hmm. this point. Because over the next couple of years, Galerius repeatedly told Diocletian, that the Christians needed to be taken out of the empire entirely if the empire was to survive. Yeah, okay. Yeah, not good. As mentioned in Diocletian's episode, in 303 the first edict was put up. Churches and Bibles were to be destroyed. Yeah. Within months, Diocletian's palace was set alight more than once, and this is where Galerius decided to leave the city. Yes, I realise I misspoke when we did Diocletian's episode, I said Diocletian left the city when I meant to say Galerius left the city.
1: Oh, dear.
2: Yeah, so... And I didn't even notice it when I was editing. Okay. Yeah, so it's still in the episode.
1: All right. So
2: I apologise for that. It was Galerius who, after telling Diocletian... Yeah. ...let's burn down the churches. Right. When the palace he was staying in got burnt down, went, yeah, I'm off. Yeah, bye. Yeah, left Diocletian to it. (laughs) See ya. Yeah. Laters. Yeah, this is scary. (laughs) 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 Whew. We'd like to be you. Or animals burning down places. <laughs> you barbarians. Yeah. So, second edict then goes up. If you remember, the second edict was the arrest of the clergy. Yes. And the few cells that the cities had became ridiculously full. So then, then a third edict was issued. The clergy would be released, but only if they sacrificed to the gods. Plural. Gods. <laughs> God, capital S. (laughs) Yes, you get it? Yes, punishment was death, but not before torture. Sources at this point described racks, pincers, burnings, flayings, etc. Nasty stuff. This went on for a year and achieved absolutely nothing, as you would expect. See, you should have had a success criteria. I should have done, shouldn't I? clear, achievable outcomes at the start. Short term, with a big long-term umbrella goal. By this time, at the end of next week, I want to have killed at least one Christian. Mm. Next week, a thousand. Yeah, small incremental steps. (laughs) That's what he needed. (laughs) Something that's easy to record, yeah. But no, clearly not enough thought had been put into it, it was just all a big mess for some reason. Can't just
1: mindlessly kill people.
2: (laughs) No. So, by the end of that year, in 304... News came to Galerius that Diocletian was heading back to the east, but was severely ill, and in fact was looking like he was about to die. So Galerius, it's that time in the episode, secretly meets up with Maximian. Yay! Yay! We don't know if it was a secret. Yes. Galerius starts to, started to think about life after Diocletian. In particular, he saw that his rifle Constantius had a son, ready to be Caesar. Yeah. Remember, Constantine, Constantius' son, is living with Diocletian, has regular access to Galerius. Galerius knows Constantine, doesn't like Constantine, does not want Constantine to become Caesar.
1: Because he didn't really like Constantius, did he? No,
2: didn't like the family, not at all.
1: They were students together, weren't they?
0: Yes, they were. Bloody students.
2: (laughs) So, it would appear that Galerius is making moves at this point to try and get two of his men to be appointed as Caesar. Yeah. Shortly after, Galerius used Diocletian being severely ill, not knowing what was going on, as a chance to issue a fourth edict. So this fourth one we can definitely pin on Galerius, because Diocletian hasn't got a clue at this point. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Carrots! (laughs) Cabbages! Has he gone insane? Well, he said he doesn't know what's going on. I I just
2: assumed he didn't know what was going on, because he was too busy in bed just... Okay. A wall despising its
1: existence. Right. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe. um Oh, maybe this, uh, maybe this was Galerius's plan all along. He sent him a, a an allotment book. When he was ill. Get well soon. Hugs and kisses. Grow your own vegetables in ten easy steps. That kind of thing. So
2: one of those cards with like different vegetables with faces on yep. and a pun. Yes. And Diocletian being a lover of punnage. Yes said i'm going to go and grow some of these yeah i am yeah pose them take photos of them yeah. put puns nets to them little googly eyes yeah, and that's why if you find those cards you look at the back you've got a little diocletian signature on the back yeah yeah it's true true so <laughs> diocletian is ill in bed thinking up of, of vegetable puns whilst galerius is figuring out ways to kill more christians <laughs> so what was his fourth edict the fourth edict, sorry, yeah. we got distracted. The fourth edict was the Empire-wide everyone in the Empire must sacrifice.
1: Punishment is death. Yeah. Yes, which we've seen before. Yeah. But, yes. But, but did they decide what animal you had to sacrifice? Because you could, you know, ant? Well, yeah, we said that before, didn't yeah, I know. we? I get the
2: feeling that Galerius would have been a bit stricter. I
1: think.
2: Your own pets.
1: You yeah. don't have any pets.
2: Buy one. That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. He also had shares in the pet store industry. <laughs> Buy a puppy. <laughs> yeah. Watch
1: it die. Yes. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah it's oh. a bit like a drive-thru. <sighs> oh. <laughs> Turn up on your car. Pick up a dog. Go yeah. to the next stall. <laughs> Kill oh. it. Yeah. Like it's slit his
2: throat. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Everyone in the Empire needed to prove they were not a Christian, basically. This illegalises Christianity. No more Christianity, yeah. we're just not having it anymore. We now get stories of pointed reeds under fingernails, boiling Ooh. lead Ooh. and private parts suffering, and I quote,
1: unmentionable things. Oh dear. Yes. The private parts suffering suffering, that's that's bad enough.
2: It's always bad, but when you're not allowed to mention what they're suffering. So how do they, how would they boil them in lead? You, you have to pour molten lead on them. No, no, Bo- stories of boiling lead. You don't boil the person in the lead. You use boiling lead to do unmentionable things. I'm with you, yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. Because
1: yes. they wouldn't sink into the lead because it's metal.
2: No, It'd float I mean, on top and
1: burn. Yeah, it really Ooh. wouldn't work very well, would no. It? <laughs>
2: no, I don't think they had huge pots of boiling metal that they were dunking people in. Good. Well, it wouldn't be possible.
1: Not, well, if you really push them down... Well, if you, yeah, you have to really force them down, though. It'd be tricky. Yeah,
2: yeah. So that, I, I just think so that when happens.
1: when you see films of people like falling into lava and stuff, and you, they melt into it. Like, no, that would never happen. You can't. No. You, don't, you don't sink into rock. It's too dense. Yeah, yeah. Be That's buried. a good point. Never yeah. really
2: thought about it, but that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on from science. Yes. So how's ranking the science facts.
2: <laughs> just rank the
1: three sciences.
2: Ooh. Yeah. Physics surely. Biology. Oh, the most boring of the sciences. Yeah, but we're alive. <laughs> yeah, but physics has space stuff, <laughs> and I
1: like space. <laughs> I like space as well. I guess chemistry so It right? uh, kind of to. meets the two in the middle, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Tune in next week. <laughs> yeah. We'll okay. rank the areas of psychology. <laughs> You're gonna have to cut out loads this week. Aren't you? <laughs> really? Are. Put it all at the end. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, so, despite all the torturing. And the Four Sacrifices, it does not achieve what Galerius wants it to achieve, nope. you'll be shocked to learn. Public opinion was turning firmly against him, and in particular, Constantius, in the West, refused to join in. Oh yeah, I remember saying, yeah. yeah. The spoil sport. <laughs> Yeah, undermining the whole pro- programme of eradicating Christians, but well, it's no good if they can all just move to the West and be fine. Yeah. yeah, it's not playing the game. It's really not. Diocletian then recovered unexpectedly, and he was not best pleased when he learnt that Galerius had been pushing the Christian problem this far.
1: He just destabilised everything, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, Diocletian, although as we said in his episode, certainly not innocent of this, but you get the feeling... Realised that this was going to be counterproductive if you push it too
1: far. Oh, yeah, because like, the public opinion, yeah, and he was off kilter, that everything. Yes. Because you get revolts and people go, no! <laughs> Stop dunking people
2: in boiling lead. Yeah. It's really it, tricky. It doesn't work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he's floating and burning. Oh, <laughs> we should send it to a barbecue. <laughs>
2: By 3.05, the persecutions had been pulled back slightly. The pace of death and torture just was not sustainable, basically, especially when it was only really being pushed by one of the Tetrarchs. Then Diocletian announced that he was retiring. Uh. We don't know how it was done, but Galerius had managed to do some really impressive political wrangling here. Yeah. Because Galerius was allowed to choose both of the Caesars.
1: How, How so?
2: Well, Lactentius, one of our Christian sources, describes the conversation that he clearly had no way of knowing. So this is obviously made up, but... It's good stuff. So we've got our second play. This one's a bit longer than our first one. That's right. Do you want to be Galerius, or do you want to be Diocletian? You're more authoritative. I think you should be Diocletian. Okay,
1: you can be Galerius then. Okay. What voice are you going to use for Galerius? I want to do American. I don't know why. Okay, you go for American. If I offend anyone, I'm sorry. It's not meant to be offensive, just it feels right. It feels right. It does. I can't wait to hear this accent.
0: Diocletian. (laughs) You mean again.
2: Right, I, I think I'll just go for really
1: upper across.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, okay. yeah,
2: Yeah. right, okay. So, to set the scene, no. here's your motivation. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening, so picture the scene there in the palace. Diocletian has just come back from announcing to a big crowd that he's retiring, and he was off to choose the Caesars. He walks in. There's, there's Galerius pacing the room. Diocletian says, We need to talk to Maximian and Constantius to discuss who the Caesars are going to be.
1: Right, say that to me, lead me into it.
2: Okay. okay, I'll, I'll make... Yeah. This isn't. Yeah. This. Jamie's line is now quoting, but this first one is, is yes. paraphrasing. Improv. yeah. Okay. <sighs> Hello there. Hey.
0: Galerius. We need to talk. We need to talk to Maximian and Constantius about who the Caesars are going to be. But why ask the advice of Maximian and Constantius, since they must needs acquiesce in whatever we do? Well, certainly they will, for we must elect their sons. But what is to be done? for that Maxentius deserves not the office, how will he act once he obtains power? But, but, Constantine is amiable, and will so rule as hereafter. Be it so, if my inclination judgments are to be disregarded, men ought to be appointed who are at my disposal, who will dread me and never do anything unless by my orders. <sighs> well, whom then shall we appoint? Uh... Severus! How? That dancer, that habitual drunkard, who turns night into day and day into night? He deserves the office, for he has approved himself a faithful paymaster and purveyor of the army. And indeed, I've already dispatched him to receive the purple from the hands of Maximian. Well, I consent, but whom
2: else do you suggest? Him. And at this point, Galerius points to someone standing nearby, Maximinium Dyer. He's going, what? <laughs> yeah. Huh? Alas, you do not propose men fit for charge of public affairs. I have tried them. Then you look to it, who are about to assume the administration of the Empire. As for me, while I continued, Emperor, long and diligent have been my labours in providing for the security of the Commonwealth. And now, should anything disastrous ensue, the blame will not be
1: mine. Yeah, I don't believe any of that. No. Because he's he's basically said, well, I've already said he can be Emperor. Yeah. I've given him the purple robe. Yeah, I do love that bit. Who do you suggest, then? Severus.
2: He's rubbish. Well, I've already sent him off. Oh, (laughs) fine. (laughs) That would never happen. No, this really is unlikely that Diocletian thinks that the two are unsuitable. Yeah. This is Christian sources despising Galerius and putting all the blame on him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's likely Diocletian thought that the two were more than capable, because they had proved themselves quite well in their roles. Severus was an old friend of Galerius, and possibly of Diocletian, and commanded troops. Yeah. Maximilian Dyer had risen under Galerius and the guard as a tribune. And more importantly, in Galerius's eyes anyway, he also shared Galerius's anti Christian sentiments.
1: Now, is his name spelled D I A or D I R E? Neither. Because if it D I R E, that's probably his nickname and it's not a good thing. Dyer. Oh, yeah, no. It's
2: also D A Z A sometimes. Dazza? Dazza or D A I A. <gasps> Daza. Yeah. Daza, Oi! Dazza! Dazza! Oi! <laughs> yeah. Not him! So Daza <laughs> yeah. shares the anti Christian sentiment that Galerius has, so he's a supporter of the whole persecution thing. Even more importantly than that, yeah. he was also Galerius's nephew. Oh, yes, so he was a family member.
1: Yeah. Oh, welcome my old friend nepotism.
2: Yes. Possible that Diocletian actually saw these men as better candidates than the two pampered princes <laughs> that were living under his roof. Because he's got Constantine and Maxentius living with him at the moment, and so for all we know, they hung around listening to poetry all day, playing on their harps, moaning about how tough life was. I mean,
1: that's a really good point, because all of the other tetrarchy so far, they're all seasoned army people. Yes. Those two princes are not. Exactly. So, logically, that actually makes sense, get people that have actually mm. fought and can do stuff. Yeah. Now, we don't know what their
2: personalities actually
1: were like, but it's not impossible to
2: believe that Diocletian thought that this was a better idea. In retrospect, seeing what Maxentius and <laughs> Constantine go on to do, perhaps you could say Diocletian made a mistake there, but we'll find that out. But he's Constantine the Great. Yeah, but I don't think Constantine had told anyone his full name yet. Oh. Just introduced himself as Constantine. He was a bit embarrassed at that
1: point. Oh, right. Yeah. So a teenager.
2: Yes. <laughs> no, no, no,
1: I want to change my name.
2: So Diocletian retires. Galerius is now Augustus. So there you go. He's now emperor. <laughs> so All that is technically him pre-emperor. Senior emperor, I guess. Well, no. Mean, did we decide on that? You... Yes, we are going to count his Caesar time as time okay. he's in charge because Caesar really does mean Emperor in this point. Well, in my opinion, anyway. I'm <laughs> sure many people disagree with that. But we're, we're going to say that. Uh, but you said Senior Augustus, surely. But no, Constantius is Senior, senior Augustus. he's been around long ago. No, oh. no. Um, he just was. That's crazy. We don't know why, hmm. but Constantius is Senior Augustus. How do they decide? I don't know. Again, I suggested alphabetical order last time. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? We, yeah, we just don't right. know. But that seems to be what happens. So... Now that Galerius is Augustus, we get into the ridiculously biased territory. It gets very pro-Christian the sources at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Because Constantine the Great comes into the story more and more. So Constantine is living with Diocletian when Diocletian retired, but then Galerius moves into the palace in Nicomedia. Galerius one day gets a letter from his rival Augustus, Constantius, asking for his son to go west.
1: Mm. Yes, remember this.
2: Galerius sits on this for as long as possible, Hmm. but eventually relents, realising that he can't say no without starting a civil war, so he allows Constantine to go. Yes. There was a bit more of a story to that, but we'll wait for Constantine's episode to go into that. And this is where, from a position of power, he is Augustus, the two Caesars are his men,
1: (laughs) everything starts to go wrong. Yeah, because you've got Constantine on one side and a block... Yeah, of a, tet- a triarch triarchy. block.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. So, it, but despite the fact things are looking good for him, it really does start to go wrong, which is odd because it starts with this: Constantius is dead. Well, that oh should yeah, be he died. Great didn't he? news, shouldn't it? Yeah. For Galerius, his rival, is dead. Not a problem. He can now promote his man Severus to be Augustus and put a new Caesar in that is loyal to him. That means the whole tetrarchy is under his command. Yeah. Yeah. He was probably drawing up this plan when Roger turns up. Huh.
1: Hello, sir. <laughs> Lovely day. I have a letter for you.
2: Yeah. It would appear that Constantine the
1: Great had declared himself <laughs> Augustus. Because that's what Constantine said in his deathbed, didn't he? Yes. He did that, what do you call it, mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, my son's name <laughs>
2: <laughs> Galerius was furious. But before he could do anything, however, a second letter came through from Constantine himself this time. Apparently the troops had practically forced him to accept the role, and Constantine was in no way attempting to take power from Galerius. What can I do? said the letter. The troops declared me Augustus. I could hardly say no. It would have been impolite.
3: Yeah.
2: (laughs) So perhaps calling down a little bit, but also seeing there's nothing really he can do, Constantine's on Britain. We've discussed that Britain's a hard place to take.
1: Yeah.
2: So Galerius, who's now senior Augustus... Yeah. Constantius is dead, yeah. ordered that Severus be promoted to Augustus, and Constantine can join the Tetrarchy, but only as Caesar. Okay. Constantine accepts. Fair enough, he says. That seems okay so far. Yeah. However, this wrangling his way into the Tetrarchy by Constantine greatly annoyed Maxentius, who also thought he should be in the Tetrarchy. So he declared himself Augustus in Rome, furious, Galerius
1: orders Severus to take the city back. Oh, so Maxentius has taken over Rome, basically. Yes. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. So you've now got usurpation of Rome itself, interestingly. Yeah. Yeah. So Galerius is still way in the east, so just orders his co-Augustus, Severus, new in the role, go and take Rome back for me. Yes. To Galerius' horror, however, he soon learnt that Maximian... Retired Maximian had thrown his weight behind his son. And that meant that the troops that were with Severus going into Italy had served under Maximian for 20 years. They weren't going to fight him. No. No, and sure enough, they didn't. So the news soon comes through that Severus had lost the army to Maxentius. Also, Constantine was now Augustus again. <laughs> because Maxi- Maximian, if you remember in his-, his episode went and made a deal with Constantine to not get involved. And Constantine said, fine, as long as you say I'm now Augustus. Yes. Yes. So, Galerius, not too happy yet again. (laughs) So, even more furious. Galerius himself raised the troops and heads west. It's time to roll up the sleeves and get the job done himself. If
1: you want a job doing.
2: Yes. However, when he got there, he discovered that the old ex-emperor... Maximian had a fighting reputation for a reason. Maximian seems to have outmaneuvered Galerius, mm. reducing his supply lines and generally frustrating him. Oh yeah, Galerius got within a few miles of Rome, but realized he really couldn't do anything else. He had too few supplies. Rome was too well defended. They've got a new wall. Haven't yeah, they? some idiot built some walls around it not long ago.
1: The, uh, but sir, we can got that pyramid. No. <laughs> That's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> <Do it> properly, <laughs> yeah. So Galerius
2: suggests they talk peace. So he sent envoys into the city. The envoys returned back with a message saying, Pff, "No, <laughs> <laughs> screw you guys." Yeah, do what you want. You're no trouble to us. So baffled, furious, and enraged, Galerius heads back home. But he could not help take his rage out on the Italians as he passed. He burnt and pillaged as he went, sacking the central country of his own empire. He attacked his own country because he was in a bad mood. Yes. What an idiot. He arrived home and he stewed for a bit, probably inventing ways in his head that he would kill Maximian slowly if he (laughs) had the chance. And then there was a knock on the door. Do you remember who it is? It's Maximian. Oh, yeah, they all got. Oh, CS, yes, he got sent, didn't he? Because <laughs> yes. I, like, I have nowhere else to go. Yeah, he fell out with his son, got chucked out of Italy, he had nowhere else to go. So Maximin Brilliant. actually turns up at Galerius's door, which is just amazing. Must be Diocletian's influence in the background here. It's the only way I yeah. can see that happening. Um, yeah, so <laughs> frosty reception, I imagine. Oh, it's you. <laughs> Yeah. So then there was a meeting between Galerius Maximian and Diocletian that which we covered in Diocletian's yeah. episode. So to briefly recap it was decided that Constantine would be bumped back down to Caesar yet again. One of Galerius's military colleagues would become Augustus and this is Licinius who we will have cause to deal with further down the road. Maxentius was to be treated as a usurper.
3: Okay.
2: So we have to keep up on the ever revolving door of the tetrarchy here. Galerius and Licinius as
1: Augustus. Yep. Constantine Caesar and Maximinian Diar.
2: Yes. Or Daza. Daz. Yes. And Maxentius in Rome as a usurper. Yeah. Yeah. Galerius and Dyer then spend a couple of years doing what they love best: persecuting Christians. Yay. Yes. But for some reason they couldn't really figure out why they just weren't having the successes they wanted. <laughs> Yes, it didn't help that Maxentius and Constantine had both stopped all forms of persecution yeah. in their side of the empire. Not even paying lip service to mm. it. They had officially said, that no, we're not doing that. It's just wrong. Yes, yeah, just, just, no, we're, we're not, not doing it. Yeah. In 310, Galerius suddenly fell ill. Ooh. Yes. In 311, he issued his final Christian edict. So edict number five. Yes, what do you think this one was?
1: kill all christians
2: no i'm gonna paraphrase it said something along the lines of this i don't know how but the christians are still around and frankly we can't go on like this so as i'm so generous and i'm so merciful the empire officially recognizes christianity (laughs) oh yeah, officially recognizing it is more than the christians had before the persecution started oh wow christianity was around but it was never officially recognised
1: as a religion before, whereas now it is. So why is he hated so badly? <laughs> he <laughs> killed a few, but... That's a good point, he actually. Turned it into the, he turned it into a, a
2: religion. Yeah, you know what? I had never, uh, never really occurred to me. Galerius it, I... should be held up as a saint. Surely he, he officially recognised. Yeah. No, I think maybe yeah. the cons <laughs> outweigh the positives Possibly. there. But well, that needs to be considered. Hmm. It is interesting that he suddenly changes here, isn't it? Skeptics yeah. <laughs> think that this perhaps was an attempt for him to get better. He was very ill at this point. Divine, in- divine intervention. Do you think so? Yeah. Yes. Right, if it was his attempt at just, I'll try anything to get better, it didn't work. No. Because he was getting ill, and oh, this is the good part. Oh. Yes. Because Lactentius, who is the Christian source I've used a couple yeah, of yeah. times. Very, very biased. Mm-hmm. But oh, he loves the fact that Galerius got ill, and delights in telling us about it.
1: Oh, brilliant, go on,
2: wham. So... Got a bit of quoting today. do. Yay! A malignant ulcer formed itself low down in his secret parts, Ooh. and spread by degrees. Ooh. His physicians attempted to eradicate it and healed up the place affected, but the sore, after having been skinned over, broke out again. Ooh. Oh yeah, I probably should have warned at the start. If you're a bit squeamish, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a vein burst and the blood flowed in such quantity as to endanger his life. The blood, however, was stopped, although with difficulty. In consequence of some slight motion in his body, Galerius received a hurt, and then the blood streamed more abundantly than before. This too was fixed, but his bowels then came out. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. His whole seat was putrefied. Oh. Worms were generated in his body. The stench was so foul as to pervade not only the palace, but even the whole city. And no wonder, for by that time, the passages from his bladder in his bowels, having been devoured by the worms, became indiscriminate. And his body, with intolerable anguish, was dissolved into one mass of corruption. They then applied warm flesh of animals, to the chief seat of the disease, that the warmth might draw out those minute worms. Already, through a complication of distempers, the different parts of his body had lost their natural form. The superior part was dry, meagre, and haggard. His ghastly-looking skin had settled itself deep amongst his bones, while the interior, distended like bladders, retained no appearance of their joints. These things happened in the course of a complete year. Ew. And so hideously, Galerius died. There's <laughs> a face of disgust for the benefit
1: of our listeners. Um, I, I think slight propaganda... Propaganda, is that the right word? Is it propaganda? No, slight... Embellishment. Embellishment, I think, of course.
2: And possibly... Or well, possibly he just really loves describing the details. Oh yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's not impossible for this to happen. No. Back in the, those days, true. medicine wasn't good. If you got some kind of bowel cancer or something that is eating away at your inside, oh, worms apparently. It then gets infected. Maggots start to get into your dying skin. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not
1: impossible. No, that's true. It's that's not true. pleasant. So
2: um, yeah, that's
1: that good. is the most detailed answer for death we've had. Oh, it's good, isn't it? If we rank the deaths, that would be up there. It certainly would. Yeah. So there we go. We should have a special one day. Go through the emperors and rank their deaths. Oh, we definitely should.
2: That would be a great idea. Right. So there you go. That's his life. What do you think?
1: Um, It was all good until he got up to when Di- Diocletian got ill, which seems to be <laughs> a recurring theme, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. It really shows
2: how... Yeah, as soon as Diocletian's not there to look after everyone, it all just... Balls the hell in Yeah, okay, well, let's rank him, shall we? Fightius fight Maximus. Maximus! Okay, yet again, not many details, so let's just go over the highlights here. His first fight against Narsus. Did well? No, that's the one he lost. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yes. No, he didn't do well. No, he didn't do well in his first fight, but Eutropius defends Galerius here. Okay. He said... Galerius engaged in the combat rather with rashness than want of courage, for he contended with a small army against a very numerous enemy. So, apparently, it was more the enthusiasm of youth that Hmm. made him go in when there was no way he could have won. But he still managed to slow Narcissus down and stopped
1: Narcissus from taking Antioch. And also, it was like the learning curve for him, I guess. Because next time... He learnt from that. Exactly, he which did. Which is, and that's what an effective general and leader should do. He learnt from his mistakes, and he beat him soundly. It was a
2: complete yeah. rout. It led to 40 years of peace between the Romans and
1: the Persians. So I think the first defeat actually benefited him.
2: Yeah, he learnt from it. It's not... If you can get defeated, but pick yourself up and use that, then, well, that kind of cancels out the defeat in a way, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I rang that positively,
3: to be honest. Mm.
2: So, yeah, against the Persians, he did very well, didn't he? And then, it's lots of little things, but we cannot yeah. understate how important his mm. being in the Danube was. I mean, we've done nothing but talk about instability in the Danube for so long. Well, this is where the region really does get sorted out for a while. Yeah, yeah. We gave Diocletian credit for it. We definitely need to give Galerius credit for it as well. So, yes, very good. Negative, however. Mm -hmm. He did lose that battle. Mm. We can't say that didn't happen. No. But more importantly than that, he lost against Maximian. And also, he did not take losing well. (laughs) (laughs) No, he didn't. No, and I will quote here. This is their journey back through Italy. They murdered, they ravaged, they plundered, they drove away the flocks and the herds of the Italians, they burnt the villages through which they passed, they endeavoured to destroy the country which it had not been in their power to subdue.
1: I always sounds more crazy. Because only a crazy person would do that. Yeah, oh, you're right,
2: actually. Let's shift that into the opprobrium crazy okay. section. I think you're right there. But yeah. he did lose against Ma- Maximian. He did lose against Maximian. And I would say that's a bit embarrassing because... I think. An old man. <laughs> well, Maximian was alright, but I think we scored him eight apiece, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, but I'd I'd say Galerius seems
1: slightly more impressive in a I'm way. far more impressive to Galerius.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm thinking... I don't know if... Because nine and ten, I'm, that's like a whole empire sort of thing.
2: Yeah. I think he's got to at least... At least eight. Yeah, I'm, I've got to say eight as well. But, Let's do it. It's which 16. I believe is the last 3 They've all got eight each. These yeah, Tetrarchs are. are
1: good at fighting, aren't they? Well, they're all, they're all army bred, aren't they? That's yes. what we said earlier. Though. And they
2: were all brought up under who? Yes. A- Aurelian. Aurelian. i
1: Probus, well. yeah. I'll let it out a bit where you got it wrong. Shh. <laughs> Is that a 16 for fighting? Good.
2: Next. Aprovium Crazy Okay, let's just do some character references, shall we? Because he's a bit of an odd one. <laughs> you notice how everything seemed quite nice. Yeah, he lost his temper a little bit when negot- when negotiating with the Persians. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then all of a sudden, the Christian stuff comes in, and he's a monster. Mm. So, let's try and get a balance here. I th-
1: yeah, I think that's from what I'm hearing. It sounds it does sound a bit biased and a bit
2: yeah. So, Lactentius the Christian source. Yes. Who just gave us that wonderful description of his death. Yeah, it's all lies. This is summing Galerius up. He was worse than all the bad princes of former days. Nero, Domitian, etc. That's who he's referring to now. Wow. In this wild beast there dwelt a native barbarity and savageness foreign to Roman blood. And no wonder, for his mother was born beyond the Danube. (laughs) (laughs) By his speech, gestures, and looks, he made himself a terror to all that came near him. Not good. No. However, Eutropius describes him thus. Galerius, a man of excellent moral character and skilful in military affairs. More positive. I'd argue anyone ordering a persecution of an entire religion perhaps doesn't deserve the title excellent moral character. Myself. Perhaps not. <laughs> but Roman morals, that might be... Exactly. This is us filtering it from a modern yeah. view. Yes, you make a very good point there. Victor. Yes. <laughs> So Victor says, Galerius, moreover, although possessed of an uncultivated and rustic justice, was praiseworthy enough, physically attractive. Oh yeah. A skilled and fortunate warrior sprung from country parents, a keeper of cattle. (laughs) He had a cow. (laughs) He insolently dared to affirm that in the fashion of Olympius, the mother of Alexander the Great, his mother had conceived him after she had been embraced. By a serpent. Um, yes, if you don't know, Alexander the Great apparently came from the union of his mother and a snake, um, which euphemistically I imagine is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so apparently Galerius said he was the same. Second time we've noticed uh, uh, Alexander the Great comparisons. He get a feeling he wanted to do great things.
1: Uh, his dad isn't mentioned, is he? It's just if she met a man.
2: Yes, we don't know who the father was. No He had a large advantage then. Yes. <laughs> His serpent. <laughs> Anaconda. <laughs> yes. The Historia Augusta. Yay! Yay, because in their last chapter about Numerian, just quickly mentions him. Joining him to these great men talking about the other Tetrarchies. Yeah. Galerius, the one whom was born to wipe out the disgrace incurred by Valerian's capture. Historia Augusta saw him up. Relatively hmm. positively. So it's not all bad, no. according to the sources, but
1: let's actually look at some things he did. Well, the, I'm sorry just to cut you off slightly, but the, the middle one, the second one you read, that I talked yeah. about he had a sort of a. That seemed the most honest one because it, cause it talks about things that he's done and we've recognised. Yeah. yeah. But then talks about he's had. What was it? He had a cow. No, before that, when he talks about his um, justice.
2: Uh, uncultivated rustic
1: justice. So it's kind of like a subtle dig there, <laughs> but not enough, but sort of not too much. I like that. You think that uncultivated rustic justice was
2: a, a, a dig at the persecutions, do you? Well, it's sort of like he was a bit harsh. <laughs> a little bit harsh. <laughs> a little bit harsh. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's so, have a look at how harsh, shall we? Let's have a bit of a look at this persecution. Yeah. So, why does he hate the Christians? Well, according to Lactentius, in true sexist fashion here, who to blame for someone's problems? Women. Women. It was his mum's fault, apparently. Yeah. And I quote, She conceived ill will against the Christians, and by woman-like complaints, instigated <laughs> her son, no less superstitious than herself, to destroy them. <sighs> These pesky women. <laughs> Always complaining all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, apparently it was his mum's fault. I personally like my theory that he, that he didn't start off hating the Christians. No. He just slowly got more and more
1: annoyed by them refusing to take the oath, and it just escalates and escalates and escalates. Because he's an army guy, so that oath probably means everything to him.
2: Yeah, Very and he's thing. someone who firmly believes that all they need is a good hard smack, and it will sort them out. Yeah, yes. Unfortunately, that gets
1: to the point that you've got massive persecution going <laughs> It's almost like it's like putting someone who's not quite ready for that role, sort of like the whole world's moved ahead of him, mm. but he stayed in the same place. Yeah. And he just like the world's changed. The things you you can't do that nowadays because normal people will won't like that.
3: Yeah,
2: Galerius, we're, Times have changed. It's it's the fourth century now.
1: <laughs> we don't persecute entire religions. <laughs> no, that was so third century. <laughs> The yeah. crises and everything back then. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's undeniable, despite the fact we talk about
2: there's some obvious bias here. Yeah. But it is undeniable. The persecution did take place and it was brutal, it was horrific, it was mm. horrible. Latentius describes the torture that the Christians went through. He does a lot of a bit of description. Oh, go on, let's hear it. Now, again, we don't know whether this is true. And I do warn you if you're a bit squeamish you might want to not you might want to not listen to this Well, the reason's a preface this time rather than an <laughs> kind of yeah. add on at the end <laughs> <laughs> so christians who refused to not be christian they were fixed to a stake mm. and first a moderate flame was applied to the soles of their feet <laughs> until the muscles contracting by burning were torn Mm. from the bones. Mm. Then torches, lighted and then put out again, were directed to all the members of their bodies, so Mm. that no part had any exemption. Meanwhile, cold water was continually poured onto their faces. At length, they expired, when after many hours, the violent heat had consumed their skin and penetrated their
1: intestines. Nice. Nice. So a mixture of shock there, melting skin and fat. Yeah. Um. And waterboarding.
2: Yeah. It's it's uh, quite horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there's no proof that this type of torture occurred. No. Uh, but as we mentioned in Diocletians, it's not unbelievable that this occurred. We know no. that people can do horrific things to other people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So whether it was that extreme, the torture, we don't know. But he did torture people. Yeah. Yeah, he did. So, summary here. Bad crazy. Persecution. Attempted genocide.
1: (laughs) Not great. No. No. Oh, and and he went mental as well. Oh, yeah,
2: he did. He went crazy at the Italians. Yeah. Yeah.
1: His own people.
2: Yes. Good saying. He wasn't tin hat wearing crazy. No,
1: just a bit... (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
2: So it kind of comes down to what source do we more believe? You really do get the sense that there is bias either way here. Mm. Now I must admit, I kind of came to dislike Lactentious as a source. He does some great description that we've not had for a while, but yeah. his thinly veiled racism and sexism that litters throughout his text yeah. just kind of irked me, <laughs> but yeah. I am fully aware that that is my very modern bias coming through here,
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, so I shouldn't really, as a true historian, hold that against him, but I'm not a true historian, yes, so, I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I will. Yeah. So I personally, you can disagree with me here, I personally think Galerius is not a monster, but He's a man with power, with horrendous policies that should never have been given power. He is not the man you want in charge because he will order entire peoples to be put to death and tortured.
1: But I don't think he's some kind
2: of demon that some no. of the sources
1: portray yeah, him I, to be. I don't get that precious so. thought. And that's proved through his life. Well, yeah, I think it's so just... It gets to a point where you talked about it with the oaths and, oaths and everything. It's just like you said, just got a bit out of hand. I say yeah. a bit out of hand, <laughs> insane, really out of hand. out of hand. Yeah, but yeah, but I mean, not... that's
2: a personal theory of mine. You don't get evil yeah. people; you get evil acts, and
1: things happen that are terrible. But yeah, that, thats my opinion. No, I I agree with that very much. So because that's what the evidence that you presented shows. He's not as bad as we think he is, but I'm gonna put him at like a six or a seven. Attempted genocide—that's pretty high. You're
2: going to score at least a block five points for attempted genocide. Yes, definitely. Yes. Um, possibly One more even for the torture. Six. Yeah, add on for the horrendous torture. So you're up to about six and or the seven. stupidity
1: for trying to kill his own for killing and pillaging his own people. Yeah, he's in a bad mood.
2: I'm wavering between seven and eight. He's not I'm going a good guy. i seven. I think I might stay on seven as well. Right. He he needs a bit of more light-hearted tin, tin <laughs> hat wearing crazy to yeah. get the high high points doesn't it I mean, it's just like if you're just going to be horrible you don't deserve the points yeah yeah
1: people crazy you could definitely have seven you get
2: the feeling if he does get jenny caesar though that uh he'll happily hang out with caracalla when uh,
1: they're waiting to go into the car oh, no, I don't. So, I see i don't know i see they're very different animals oh they're both unpleasant I, though yeah but only for Christian.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) Okay, right. So that is 14 for Barobium Crazy.
0: Successes Ultimus!
2: Right. He's not doing too badly so far, is he? Um. (laughs) Let's see how he does here. Right, good. He worked on public works even after he was following Diocletian's orders. So discount everything under Diocletian. That was clearly Diocletian. Yeah. But he then continued to do so afterwards. That's good. Yeah. Trained well. One example, he drained marshes and cut down forests in Pannonia. And I quote, an operation worthy of a monarch, since it gave extensive country to the agriculture of his Pannonian subjects. Yep. And now we're going through climate change because of that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Thanks, (laughs) Galerius. So that's his good.
1: Yeah. Bad. This feels like (laughs) it's going to be a bigger section. (laughs) (laughs) It's not huge, it's
2: just like... Seriously, hilarious. <laughs> okay. What was that? I mean, let's face it. The thing that politically defines him was the persecution of the Christians. Hmm. He fully believed that this would save the empire.
3: Hmm.
2: It was his, his, reason, his reason, his raison, his raison d'etre, <laughs> as you do pronounce it that way, don't you? I'm sure you do.
1: Know. Raison d'etre?
2: Yeah, I mean, his whole point of living was save the empire, get rid of this evil christian mm. religion that was ruining things
1: she's so grabbing the straws a bit um just trying to find a reason i don't know because the empire seemed to be doing okay under mm, diocletian good... i'm not
2: entirely sure it was necessary mm. but whether the romans thought it was necessary or not you can't deny the fact that he completely and utterly failed <laughs> yes he did countless Countless people died horrifically for no reason whatsoever. If he was attempting to save the Empire from Christianity, then he arguably did the opposite. Mm -hmm. Constantine was fighting against Galerius and his supporters. Galerius were attacking the Christians. So who is Constantine going to get support from? The Christians. Using this support, Constantine was able to go on to do what he does, which you'll find out in more detail. But the fact that he's highly liked by the Christians, the fact that he starts talking to and getting involved with the Christians, really changes the Empire quite mm. significantly in a way that Galerius really didn't want it to change. Uh, yeah. So... Yeah, he started off trying to get rid of the Empire, and I'd say this push is actually what turns the Empire Christian. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> now, there are obviously different factors involved, but yeah, I personally think this is the biggest reason. It's like
1: Catalyst, would you say? Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, I would. That is what I would say. So even using the ends justify the means excuse for all the deaths of the Christians that doesn't work, because the end is the Empire is Christian very shortly afterwards. Yeah. Yes. He gives up his fifth edict is you know what I give up. <laughs> Stop being so nice. Yeah. Stop forgiving me Stop offering me crumpets when I'm torturing you <laughs> No, I don't want to talk about my problem <laughs> <laughs> It's assuming they were a Church of England. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> were yes. Days, yes. Less Spanish Inquisition. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so it was. It was a complete and utter failure.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, for positive though, he did bring a lot of money back into Rome with all the winning of the gold. That would help the economy, surely? Yes, and he was involved in brokering the peace with the Persians. Although, to be fair, during that
2: meeting, he was standing up and screaming at the envoys. That's true, it was the or, other one. Whilst yeah. Diocletian was trying to calm him down. <laughs> get a feeling yeah. he did more harm than good in that negotiation. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> so I'm not sure how much credit we can give him for that, but he yeah. did do the fighting that led to the negotiation. He got the money. So, and he did get the money. Fine, I will give him... I'm going to give him one point for doing that, because... I don't think that's what defines his success. No, that's true. His, his whole point was to to rid the empire of Christians,
1: and he completely failed to do it. I'll will uh, match that. I agree. I think that's a good score. Yeah, I'm even one as well. So a total of two. Yes. Image, face. What do you think he looks like then? Do you, I don't know. Um, someone very angry, but, but yeah. stern, but not sort of crazy though. Sort of. You have gone for yes, an angry and stern-looking face with. Oh, last Emperor didn't have a beard, did he? No. He didn't. I'm, I'm going to give him a bit of beard this time. Not loads, just a bit. Fashionable stubble. Okay. There you go. Stern. Stern, stubble.
2: Sort of flat top. It could be a wig. Toupe. <laughs> Toupe. Yeah. Right, I'm going to warn you before I show you this. Oh. We're starting to go into a more stylized. Oh, <laughs> dear. <laughs> yeah. Sort Does he have artistic wings? <laughs> flair? Yeah, it's. Um,
1: the style is certainly starting to change. So we don't think he looked like this. That's Diocletian's problem, is it? Fault because he made them want to. He wanted to make them look more godlike. You know, that's an interesting thought. I hadn't thought of that. But yeah, I like that theory. Let's say that's definitely
2: true. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> Do love this compared to uni. It's so much easier. Yeah, just making them up is great. Right. So I mean, if he did look like this, he is clearly an alien from outer space.
3: <laughs>
2: okay.
1: Go. Oh, my (laughs) God. Look at those eyes.
2: Yeah. He looks
1: stoned. (laughs) The eyes are really weird. They've actually carved the eyes, which is unusual. I I guess if you paint it, it adds a bit of depth to it. Look, i got the hair, right? That's a hair sitting on top of the head, though, isn't it? That's his diadem. But he's like bald around it, and then suddenly there's hair on top. Yeah, that's a good point actually. Okay, I'll give you the hair. I'll Thank give you. you. The hair.
2: No beard. No, no nose as well. No nose, but that's probably been hacked off.
1: And different material for the face as oh, well. It's like it's like a reddy browny color. So I wonder what. Yeah. I don't know what you used. To the marble and the white.
2: Yes, it's sort of red color. I'm not sure what material the it speckly. is. Speckly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, very interesting. It's hard to describe. We'll put it up on the site it's so you got can see. Crown as well. I was cracking his, the crown. A slightly more usual Yeah. Ooh picture of Ooh, him.
1: Looks a bit like Getter, doesn't
2: he? Oh he does but it's yeah, chubby. Yes, yeah. Um frowny. I got that. You got that. Short hair, no beard.
1: I thought it was half right with mine.
2: Yeah. Oh you didn't put your Constantius um picture up, did you? You should have done. No. Yeah,
1: yeah well.
2: Anyway, so um Um he doesn't look like an emperor. He doesn't. He looks like someone who just walks around the street shouting abuse at people. <laughs> yes he does. Which um <laughs> Yeah. To be fair, if you get someone who does that and put them in a position of power, you probably end up with religion-wide persecution. Yeah, like. that's true. Yeah, yeah. I'm not impressed. Uh, no, I'm going one. for one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey. <laughs> one. So that is a total score of zero point two five. No, because we need to add the two together to get two, and then divide that by four. Zero point five. Go me with the maths.
1: I'm still working out what you said, though. let alone <laughs> working out.
2: Temple <laughs> Completo. What do you think? It shouldn't be too much of a surprise. Get it roughly. 13
1: years? 14 years?
2: No, if we conclude his Caesary oh. time, we're talking 18 years. 293 wow. to 311.
1: Wow, that's a good chunk of time.
2: Yes, good chunk of time. So, through the spreadsheet, that is Metaphorical Drumroll, 2.25. So, ooh, interesting. That gives him a total score of 34.75, which beats his rival Augustus Constantius. Oh, I'd love that.
1: He would love that. We should tell him.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think Constantius would have something to say about that. Possibly. He was an all-round good egg. Yeah. (laughs) But Galerius was was horrible. Yeah. And yet he's got a better score. But
1: there was only one question to ask.
0: Do they have have a certain certain genesis?
1: I want to go with yes. I really do. I'm feeling it. Really? I think he's interesting. I think he's got a good story. I think even though it may be exaggerated and embellished that he killed lots of people, um... And he was successful fighting as well. I'm I, I, would. I'm going to argue yes. I think he should. I see. Maybe I'm being slightly biased because I just don't like him. <laughs> I kind of do. I, I've got a bit of a... Not in a... I would like to meet him and I admire him kind of way. In a sort of a... He's interesting. He's interesting. He is interesting. The whole... And the way he died, my goodness.
2: Yeah, see, I just struggled to get rid of the whole persecution of and attempted genocide thing. (laughs) Yeah, got to look at it, historically interesting, not do I like the person.
1: So, I mean, I don't really like
2: Caligula, but
1: we gave up to him.
2: And I suppose Hitler is obviously an interesting figure in history. You wouldn't want to sit down with a drink with him, would you? Hell (laughs) no. No, so yeah, okay, um, yeah... Okay, I'm,
1: we, I'm going we, to agree. Are you sure? We can flip the coin if, if you're yeah, not we
2: sure. No, no, I'm going to agree. You're right. He dies in a very interesting way. Yes. He is a catalyst to the empire turning Christian.
1: Yes, good point. Although we shouldn't bear he that our judgment.
2: creates a situation where peace with the Persians is possible. That's true. Big things happen under his rule, and because of him, lots of things change. got Valerian back as well. And he got Valerian back. And, yeah, he might have killed counts, people, in horrific ways. Who hasn't? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, you're right. We've given it to the likes of Caligula. And Caracalla murdered entire cities on a whim and we gave it to him. Because they
1: mentioned his brother's name. Yeah, okay,
2: right, yeah. Brilliant. So, uh, Galerius, well done. (laughs) Well done for being a horrible human being. (laughs) Hey. hey, You oh, are historically wow. interesting enough to counteract your <laughs> horribleness.
1: <laughs> that could apply to lots of emperors we've looked at. <laughs> yes, that's great. Yes.
2: Okay, right. That's the end of this episode. However, we've got some things to say at the end.
3: Yeah.
2: First of all, thank you very, very, very much to those people who have joined the Senate. Oh, we've got, yeah. So I'm going to thank you Zero User 2016. I'm guessing not your real name. I certainly hope not. (laughs) Amy Snorder, if that's how you pronounce it. I apologise if I got that wrong. QP Weber, Sat Nav, with two A's. Well, three A's in the whole word. Taroach, Susan Jones, and Thea Raisbeck. Thank you very much to all those people for helping to support the podcast. We are eternally grateful pat yourselves on the back or find something to pat you on the back. Back scratcher. Yeah. Don't pat yourself out though, it hurts. No, that's weird. Uh, yeah,
1: thank you very much because um, your donations are going to help hopefully improve the audio quality of this podcast as well in the coming months or so.
2: Yes, and generally fund things like all oh, the books I buy. Yeah, just general upkeep, hosting costs, things like that. So, yes, it is really, really useful. Um, but... We were discussing our yes. new Senate, weren't we? And we mm. were discussing, yeah, we're going to send a coin if you donate $10 a month, a mug and a coin if you donate $15 a month. But we want to do something special. We want to do something really exciting. So, we, I think we've come up with, a re- well, it is, I'm really excited. Yeah. It's a really excited idea. We are going to do a mini-series called, wait for it. I'm waiting. Roman Republic. Totalis Rankium. What's that? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Jamie. Oh. Yes. This is going to be for all our Senate members to say a huge thank you. It's going to be at least six episodes long, and we are going to use the same format as this show uh, to rankium some of the big names of the Republic, Ooh. such as Caesar, Pompey, Cicero, Cato, Marius, Sulla, and possibly some more. Nice. Yes. Really exciting. The, the big hitting names that we didn't get that's a chance great. to do. Yeah. So we're thinking we're going to produce one of these maybe once a month. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, next week we will do Severus, because he is next in our list or in the Roman Emperors. But the week after, we're going to release our first episode of Roman Republic, Totalus Rankium, Julius Caesar. Oh, I've heard of him. The big one. Yes. Yeah. So if you want to have access to this miniseries... You will need to be part of the Senate, but that is really easy and cheap to do. Yeah. If you sign up and pledge just $1 a month, £80, you will have access. Of course, if you're feeling really generous, you can pledge more. You could pledge the 5, 10, or 15 and get the other things that we're offering. Uh, But any donation whatsoever gets you into the Senate. So, how do you join the Senate? I hear you cry. How do you join the Senate, Rob? It's really easy. All you need to do is go to our Podbean site, so type Totals ranking" into Google, and up it comes. Or we have put a link on our Twitter and our Facebook accounts. It's a couple of really simple steps. Um, I watched my partner do it. She signed up to to be part of our Senate, which is really nice. She did it in a matter of moments. Really nice and simple. So, yeah, I'm really excited to do this. It's a shame we didn't get to do some of those big names, and I'm really looking forward to doing it. Yes. So, two weeks' time, Roman Republic, Totalis Rankium.
1: I'm looking forward to that. Yes, it's going to be great. Because I feel like I know something now about the Roman Empire. Because yeah. before, I, I, just, I remember when we started, I thought Judy Caesar was an emperor. Like, <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> oh, you fool. <laughs> what a fool I was. Right. Now I understand, the, well, I understand the difference, but I know that at some points, Republic, now it's an empire. Oh, you will understand the difference. Exactly, it exactly. should weird. be fun. Yes, and I'm guessing you've heard of some of those names I read out. Uh, yeah, we talked about some of them. Sulla, I remember. Yes. Um, what were the others? Cicero. I've heard of Cicero. Yes, Cato. No. No.
2: Okay, I've gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't take much, does no, it? <laughs> it really doesn't. <laughs> oh, but no, it's it's oh, it's good stuff. It's good. really amazing time in history. Um, yeah. Okay. Right. So join up for that, if you can. Thank you also to everyone who is listening, leaving comments and reviewing us on iTunes. Mm. Really do appreciate that. And we
1: enjoyed looking at your uh, pancake emperors as well. That was quite funny. <laughs>
2: yes. So I, thank you bro. I did good. enjoy if you commented on our pancake discussion on Facebook. I did amuse me. <laughs> I did enjoy that. <laughs> yes. Right. Okay. Sign off. Oh, someone did point it out in a message. You oh. do realise your regular sign off is actually a slightly embarrassed laugh, and then
1: saying goodbye. <laughs> I would say it's embarrassed. Is well, maybe, maybe from you. <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, so. Basically. Of the
0: Romans. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Squire, yes, sir. Pass me my longsword. Here you go. Also oh, big. The breastplate. Oh, here you go, sir. My helm. Your what? Helmet. Oh yes, here we go. Leg defenders. Yes, two of them. Shin defenders. Of course, sir. Knee pads.
1: Yes. Extra padded for your protection. Elbow pads. Four of them. Goggles. Um. Yes.
0: Rubber ring.
1: Are you sure, sir? For the past six battles you've asked for this,
0: sir. You haven't needed it.
1: I have a good feeling about today.
0: (laughs) Unpack the snorkel. (laughs) Turn around, turn around. Opening the wine. Turn around, turn around. Pop out the cork. Pop out the cork. It is an amazing song. Pop out that cork.
1: Ah, oh. <laughs> now you've had an accident. <laughs> wine spray. It's a wine crime, damn It goes <clears throat> well for the rest of the episode, that's for sure. Yes. Okay, Back to the side. Pour this out. me today. I'll turn that off right away. Hello, and welcome.
2: Gallienus wiped his anus.
0: <clears throat> saying
2: Gallienus, and his name's Galerius. <laughs> we have to start right from the beginning, then. Oh, that's a good point. I might say Gallienus. I just say Gally- Galerius. In a few voices, he's, Gally- he's just he's oh, Galerius. I did not tell you. Oh. In the episode last week. Yeah. One reason why it took so long to edit was because I called. Who did we do last week? <laughs> oh, I can tell oh, you. Constantius. Yeah, I called Constantius. Constantius. Team oh yeah. For about half an hour. <laughs> and I had to find different parts of me saying Constantius and splice them in. Wow. And yeah, it took a little bit of time that. <laughs> yeah. It was either that or we were cutting. Just, <laughs> so, just say Galerius now. Sometimes. Galarius. Galarius. Galerius Galerius
1: Galerius He's Galerius Galerius Yeah, so I'll be able to splice those It'll be fun yeah. right <laughs> Or splice my version in the beginning Yeah So when
0: Galerius
1: Went across the <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I'll do that
2: Right Okay, where would I go to? Um